Hey, this is Ryan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hey, this is Tim from Rochester, New York. Hey, this is Dan Ritter from Melbourne, Florida, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, today we are talking about the most important question that you can be asking yourself this week as the spiritual leader of your home. But before we dive into that, I do want to thank our sponsors for sponsoring today's episode. As a reminder, I'm always personally trying out these products and finding things that I love as a dad and a husband. And then when I find something I love, I reach out to the company directly and I say, hey, I love your product. Can I share your product with our Dad Tired audience? So these endorsements are not just somebody saying, hey, will you talk about my product on your show? It's always me finding them first, loving them, and then telling you guys about them. So today is no exception to that. Uh, We've got two great sponsors. Our first sponsor is Louisiana Grills, which has become my favorite dad like toy, new dad toy (laughs) the last few weeks. Uh, I have been cooking so much meat on this Louisiana Grill. The thing is amazing. I was intimidated, to be totally honest. I was scared. I didn't grow up. Uh, nobody was t- taught me how to like barbecue and have smoker meat. I had friends who were super into it and it seemed like you just had to have like a PhD to operate these things and cook good meat. And I was like, I don't know. This is too much for me. Uh, let me just tell you, uh, and I, I mean this sincerely, it is like having another great kitchen uh, device in your or another kitchen tool in your tool belt. It's so easy to use. You fire up the smoker. It's got Wi-Fi in it. It's got Bluetooth technology. So I can be sitting in my living room and it will tell me how hot the smoker is getting. Then I plug in the built-in thermometers, put it in the meat, put the meat on the rack, close the lid and dude, the thing just starts smoking and it and it tells me the temperature of the meat on my phone. So again, I'm in there watching the basketball game. Hopefully the Blazers beat in the Lakers this last couple of weeks, but I'm watching that and I'm watching the meat start to heat up and it you, they've got all kinds of like, they use hardwood pellets to cook the food and it's just the flavors, man. The flavor that you're going to get out of this smoker is absolutely insane. Honestly, some of the best meat and food that I've ever cooked for my family has been coming off this thing. It doesn't just smoke though. You can sear, charcoal, smoke, bake, grill, roast, barbecue, braise. It's got all of it, man. It's a very, very sophisticated machine. You can go cook at temperatures as low as 180 degrees all the way way up to 600 degrees. It heats up faster than any other pellet grill on the market. This thing really is the best of the best, and it comes with a standard five-year best-in-class warranty. You can, we've got a link on it. So they've hooked you guys up with a promo code 10% off one of these new black label series grills. Click the link that we have. It's Louisiana slash grills.com forward slash black label series. And you click that link. And then again, use the promo code dad tired. That's going to get you 10% off their black label series grills. And I promise you, you are going to up your dad game. If you've got one of these. Uh, your friends are going to probably come over way too much. And uh, our second sponsor this week uh, goes hand in hand with this grill because if you want the absolute best meat to cook on your best grill, you're going to want to check out Grassroots Co-op. One of my fears was eating gross like cheap meat uh, from the store. I don't want it to sound like snobby or anything, but if you've ever seen one of those like food documentaries on Netflix, uh, (laughs) 
I got into the, one of those one time, which was a terrible mistake because I watched one of these documentaries and I'm like, oh, geez, I am going to be a vegetarian. I can't eat meat anymore. The The food industry, the meat industry is absolutely disgusting. And so I just had to block that out of my mind because I'm like, I, I can't eat meat anymore. This is gross. And when I got this grill, I was like, I want to cook good, high quality meat for my food. I want my kids to be eating good stuff. I want to take care of my family and make sure that the food that they're eating is actually high quality. So I did some research and I found Grassroots Co-op and dude, Grassroots is such a cool company producing high quality, really, really good meats. One thing I love about them is that their animals live outdoors. They get lots of exercise, fresh air, sunshine. They get good food. As a result of that, it's not just that we want to treat the animals well, which we do, but as a result of them treating their animals well, the meats end up having higher omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, and all around all the better fats for you because the animals are well taken care of. Their farms, uh, they're, they're committed to sustainability, taking care of their farms and their agriculture. I love that the meat that you're getting is coming straight from the farmer to you. There's not unnecessary middlemen in the whole process, but that that you get local farms with that food coming straight to you. And then it's butchered by hand. They've got their small, their own processing business that they use. They know the whole system from the time those animals are raised to the time they're processed to the time they're shipped into your door. It's very, very transparent with the highest standards of animal welfare. They treat their animals well, the farmers well. It's just a win-win for everybody. They're very transparent with their process. And what I love is that you can actually show up to any of their farms at any time. You can see with your own eyes how they do what they do. Uh, they're, they're not hiding anything because they simply do the absolute best. And they hook the dad tired audience up with $40 off your first order of $160 or more. Plus, they're going to give you free shipping. So we've got a link there, but it's just shop.grassrootscoop.com forward slash discount. And then we've got a dad tired discount for you. Again, it's kind of a long link, but we'll make sure we got a pro that promo code for you in the show notes. You can click that and get your $40 off your first order of $160 or more. Put the best meat on the best grill. Thank you guys for sponsoring this episode. We love that you support dad tired. That being said, let's dive into today's episode. Can we all agree that COVID has just been an uh, insanely weird season? There have been like so many times over the last several weeks that I've just told Layla, like, is this, is this real life? Like the world feels so, so weird, man. It's just, I feel like we're in a movie that just keeps getting weirder. I live in Portland, which if you watch any news at all, man, you're like, you're just probably like, dude, what's happening in Portland? You guys are absolutely losing it over there. <laughs> uh, and we are, frankly. It is, uh, it's getting crazy over here. I, I actually live in the suburbs. Um, I live about 30 minutes from downtown. So I don't really feel all the craziness that's happening, but I turned on the news. I probably shouldn't have, but I, I've been trying to avoid all that. But I turned on the news recently and uh, there was another, there was some like huge protest counter protest to the other protest this weekend. And it just, it was violent. If you watch the clips of it, I, this, I'm going on a terrible rabbit trail here, but if you watch the clips of what happened, uh, it honestly, it looks like a, it looks like another world. Like it looks like this is another country and this is not the United States of America. It's just pure chaos and not just chaos, but violence. Like there is so much violence and hatred it's just a weird time, man. It's a really, really, this has been such a bizarre year. Um, but as a result, one of the things that I've been noticing is 
people are having some like major faith crisis. Like people are going some really, really heavy stuff. I've been talking to a lot of friends who are just struggling with their faith. I've been talking to uh, some of you guys have been sending me messages and just talking about your own personal journey and faith. And I don't know if that's a result of like, uh, you know, COVID or, you know, just the whole situation. I'm sure there's multiple layers of that, but even just lack of community. I know some of you guys have started going back to church and stuff and getting back into the normal routine of church. But a lot of you got a lot of us like over here uh, on the West coast, we we're not allowed to have church or anything yet. So there's no like, um, getting together with other crowds and, and large groups. So we haven't had church in a long time. Or when I say church, I mean like gatherings of people singing songs and hearing messages and all that. It's just been weird. And I don't know if that's contributing to just the overall people are just feeling far from God or just kind of unsteady, uh, uh, you know, not steady in their, their relationship with Jesus and in their faith. And maybe that's you. Like maybe you're at a spot where you just feel like you're unsettled. I think that's probably the word that can sum it up, summarize it the best. Is there's just a lot of people who feel unsettled when it comes to their faith. And uh, I, for, if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you're trying to figure out how can I lead my family well? How can I help my family get closer to Jesus? And dude, we all know if you don't personally feel close to Jesus, it's really, really hard to lead your family uh, to a God that you're not personally feeling close to right now. Like there's no getting around that. We don't want to sugarcoat that or, you know, over-spiritualize it or fluff it up. The truth is like, if I don't feel close to God, I'm having a real hard time talking to my kids about God, or I'm having a hard time talking to my wife about God. And I know so many of you are feeling that. To be honest, if I just like uh, tell you where I'm at, I, I I feel even the last couple of weeks, I just feel like the like God has really been pursuing my heart, drawing my heart back to His, uh, and just like kind of wooing me back with His grace and His mercy. And so I I kind of feel like I'm in a sweet season, but I get it. I get that there's so many of our friends that uh, my friends that have just been feeling like, dude, I don't know where I stand with God. Uh, I read this passage the other day and it just made me think of you and I, uh, as, as far as our dad's hired community goes. And I want to share it with you because I think it's really, really powerful and makes sense to where most of, uh, where a lot of you guys are feeling right now in your particular faith journey. It comes out of John chapter six. It says this verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. And they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? (laughs) They were taking it real literally. Uh, Obviously, in verse 53, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remain in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me and I... Uh, sent me and I live because the because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now, just for context sake, especially if you're new to the Bible, I know a lot of you guys are listening uh, and you're still trying to figure out your own personal relationship with God, and this is all kind of new to you. Uh, there's a story in the Old Testament, which is the first half to, half of the Bible, 
where God, uh, essentially, they were the, the, his people, the Israelites, were wandering out in the wilderness and they thought they were going to die. And God rained down bread from heaven to save them so that they didn't literally starve to death. And so this story was very big in their culture in the time that Jesus was teaching. Everyone would have grew up hearing the story. And what Jesus is saying here is, he's saying, hey, your ancestors used to eat bread. You remember that story of your ancestors eating bread that fell from heaven. But listen, they ate that bread. God saved them. But listen, they still died right? That like it didn't, it didn't save them forever. And what he's saying here is he's comparing himself to that bread. He's saying, I'm the bread that came from heaven. But when you come to me, when you take my message, when you believe in me, you're going to eat this bread and it's not going to be just for a little bit that feeds you for just a little bit, but it's going to be actually the thing that feeds your soul, that keeps you alive, that saves you for all of eternity. And so your ancestors ate bread that saved them for a minute, but I'm giving you me the real bread of life that's actually going to save your soul. It's much, much deeper than that. And so that's what Jesus was comparing himself to. He's saying he's the actual bread of life. And they were uh, tripped out by that because they were taking it very, very literally. And they're like, oh my gosh, this dude, you know, I thought he was cool. He was like feeding us some free food and he was healing our people. But now he says he wants us to eat him, which is like real weird, right? Uh, So they're taking this literally and they're getting real confused by it. And then listen to what happens. Verse 60 on John 6, verse 60. He said, they said, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus says to this, does this offend you? <laughs> I love Jesus, man. He's so savage. I love it. He says, does this offend you? Then, then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. So he's saying, okay, my message, does that, if that's offensive, wait till you see me raised from the dead. Verse 63, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and of life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. Verse 66, from this time, listen to this. This is the key point that I'm trying to make here. Verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And then catch what Jesus does. He said, he, Jesus looks and says, do you want to leave too? Then Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Dude, this is such, such a powerful passage. I read this recently and I was just really taken back. Here's, here's the thing that caught me. Uh, for many of us, when we think of God, like when, when we think of making a decision to follow Jesus or when we think of God saving us, like he pursued us in his great love and he wooed us with his great love and with his mercy and grace, we often think about that as a one-time event. Like, like, like we think God saved me. Uh, I, I made a decision to follow God and God saved me or God wooed me you know, by his irresistible grace. God wooed me to him. And this was like a one-time event. But what's interesting about this passage is that these are disciples who were following Jesus. And Jesus starts to give some really hard teaching, some stuff that they didn't really understand. In fact, they literally said it. This is hard teaching to understand. This is hard to interpret. This is hard to get and to live by. And those people, followers of Jesus, when they hear these hard things say, you know what, like, ah, I'm out. 
<laughs> uh, and again, they came because they had heard that Jesus was giving away some free food. They had followed him for a little bit because they, they thought he was interesting or whatever motives they had. But when Jesus started to get to some hard stuff, eventually they said, you know what? I, I don't think I'm in for, I don't, I don't think I'm in for this. And they decided, even after they had decided to follow him, they eventually decided, you know what? I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore. And here's the crazy maker to me. Jesus did not beg them to stay. In fact, the scriptures say in that passage that he knew who was going to stay and he knew who was going to go. And yet he just let them go. Not only that, he invited more to leave. He turns to his other disciples, the 12, and he says, do any of you want to leave too? And Peter says, man, if you're God, like we, we've come to believe you're God. And if you are, where else are we going to go? Here's why this makes sense for us as dads who are trying to lead our family well. You may have made a decision at some point in your life that you were going to follow Jesus. Maybe God saved you. He wooed you. He chased you down in his great love. And you decided, man, I'm giving up all of my old ways so that I can follow Jesus. I am in, I'm committed to living a life for Christ. And yet maybe you've hit a hard season. It could just be a hard season in your walk with Jesus. It could be a hard season and maybe you're struggling with doubt. Maybe you're having a hard season of marriage or relational friction or work, or maybe just like COVID in general has like started to wear you down and you're starting to feel this pressure, this like really hard stuff. And, and you're starting to feel like, I'm not sure I even how I feel about Jesus, even though you've made a decision for him in the past or he's wooed you in the past. And now you're getting to the spot where you're feeling like, ah, I just don't know if I can deal with this. And you're kind of, your, your faith is in a rocky place. Listen, the point of what I'm trying to say here is I think there comes a time where maybe Jesus is asking you the way he is asking his disciples, do you want to go too? If I just say it blankly, like what, what would you say if Jesus turned to you and asked you point blank, do you want to leave too? What would you say? I guess maybe what I'm asking is maybe this journey of following Jesus isn't a one-time decision. Maybe it's the surrendering of yourself every single day day. Maybe this is what Jesus meant when he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. And so here's my challenge to you, man. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I would challenge you to not just look at your relationship with Jesus as a one-time thing where maybe a long time ago when you were seven or 21 or whatever, when you made this decision that, yeah, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to follow him. I guess I'm asking you in the same way that I felt like the spirit was prompting me in the last couple of weeks, I guess I would just put that same prompting and question on you. Like today, today, right in this moment, do you want to follow Jesus? Like, are, are you still committed to following after the ways of God? Are you still committed to being obedient to Jesus as King? For some of you, man, this is like, you, you haven't made that, you haven't remade that decision in a long time. You've just kind of been coasting on years ago where you said you were going to follow Jesus. But man, I just feel pressed today to remind you, like, do, as of today, like, what would you say if Jesus said, point blank, do you want to go? 
Everyone else is leaving. Even people who said they were followers of Jesus have now started to bail when things got hard. And maybe things are hard for you and people are bailing all around you. And maybe Jesus would ask you point blank, do you want to go too? And I guess it's just a moment for you to pause and to ask like, what would I say? Do I want to leave? The thing is you can, man. And, uh, and I'm not sure Jesus would even chase you down or, or I know for sure he wouldn't water down the message. He wouldn't make it any easier. He would say, take up your cross and follow me because it's worth it. Like following me is worth it. You can chase after all the other things that you think will give you life and hope and security and satisfaction, but I'm worth it and I'm not going to water down my message and I just need you to decide, are you still with me? Are you in this? And I just would be, I would be, I would feel terrible if I didn't at least put it out there that some of you who are listening, maybe you just happened to follow this podcast for the first time today and you jumped into this and you didn't even know what you were listening to, but maybe you've never even made that decision. Maybe you've never decided like, man, Jesus seems like a guy worth following. Uh, the, the truth is like what he has to say is really hard. He's not going to water down the message. A lot of people started to follow Jesus because they thought they were going to get free stuff. Maybe you thought, if I follow Jesus, my life might get better. But Jesus is saying, listen, I can't water down the message. It's going to be really, really hard. In fact, this is why Jesus said, most people will take the wide road, the easy road, but following me is the narrow path. Very few people will find it. Very few people will choose it. Are you sure you're in? Are you sure you want to die to all the things that you thought would be best for you? Are you sure you want to die to you saying you're God of your own life and you want to let me be God? Are you sure? Or do you want to go too? So here's my challenge to you, man. Look at Jesus. Look at what he's calling his followers to. He's talking about the narrow road versus the the wide road. He says that most people will choose the narrow road. Maybe today for the first time or for the first time in a very long time, you need to pick up your cross again. Maybe at some point you had picked up the cross and you just set it down and you've kind of been walking without it and you've just been coasting and maybe you feel a little bit rocky or unsteady or unsettled and maybe just today Jesus would ask, are you still willing to carry that cross? Do you really want to follow me? Am I actually Lord? I'm convicted by that verse that says, why do you call me Lord and you don't obey me? Maybe holding our kids' hands and walking with them down the narrow road first includes us making the commitment that we too want to even be on that road. Maybe what it means to be a spiritual leader of your home who points your family to Jesus involves you just stopping and looking in the mirror for a second and asking yourself, do I actually want to be an apprentice of Jesus? Do I actually want to surrender to his ways? Do I actually believe that his ways are better than my ways, that his thoughts are better than my thoughts, that I'm willing to give up all the things that I thought were best for me and follow his ways instead? And dude, I just want to pause. There's so many things that are going to fight for your attention even right now in this moment. Wherever you're listening to this podcast I don't know if you're mowing a lawn or driving a car, you got headphones in. I don't know if you're near your family or by yourself, but there are so many things that are fighting for your attention right now. And dude, I just want to pause for a minute and I want you to ask yourself, do you actually want to follow Jesus? 
I want you to imagine that Jesus looked at you and said, do you want to go too? I know things are hard. I know things are unsettled. I know things seem crazy. I know you've got a lot of doubt, but do you want to leave too? I'm just going to, I've never done this in a podcast before, but I just want to give you a couple minutes, man. I'm just going to like pause. And before you go back into the busyness of your world and the craziness of everything that's fighting for your attention, I just want you to pause for just a minute and to ask yourself that question. Honestly, are you in? Do you want to pick up your cross again? Jesus, I know that there are a lot of guys going through a lot of hard stuff. There are a lot of guys going through marriage stuff and they feel defeated. There are many guys who feel defeated as a dad, who are exhausted as dads. There are many guys who feel the weight of their shame and their guilt. There are many guys who are struggling with doubt and confusion. There are many guys who have just been apathetic who have just kind of given up on any kind of passionate pursuit and they're just kind of going through the motions and they feel numb. God, I felt recently that you were stirring my heart and asking me that question, Jared, are you still in? Or do you want to leave like everybody else is leaving? And Lord, I just felt pressed to look you in the eye and say, where else would I go, God? I believe you, Jesus, to be God. And if that's true, where else am I going to go but to follow you? And Lord, for those guys who are struggling right now, who are listening to this episode in this very moment, who are struggling, who've been feeling far from you, who've been feeling wrestling with what it looks like to follow you, who feel like they have failed their wives or their kids as the spiritual leader of their home, and they're just exhausted God, as you look at them and you ask them, do you want to go to, Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would draw their hearts to you. That even in their confusion or their doubt or their exhaustion, that Lord, they have the courage to say, yes, I want to go down the narrow road. That we would be dads who hold the hands of our kids and we don't choose the wide road, but we walk with them step by step on the narrow road with you, Jesus. And as they struggle and as they pick up their cross daily and decide daily what it looks like to follow you, that they would have a daddy who understands how hard of a journey this is. Like the disciple said, this is hard. But God, would we not be men who give up? Would we not be men who leave? Will we be men who say, where else would we go? We believe you to be God and we're still in. Encourage hearts that need to be encouraged. Convict hearts that need to be convicted. Would we be led towards repentance by your kindness, God? It's in your name I pray. Amen.